How's it going, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the Arms Boom and Leg Project coming to you live on this Tuesday, the day after Turkey Day, October 11th, 2022. Glad to have you along for the ride. We are live on Facebook this evening, Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and wherever you get your social media fix. We are live this evening. Uh, the podcast will be up in past episodes. You can also check them out on our YouTube channel. You can also check it out on our Facebook page and also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Big shout out to our sponsors uh, of this season of the Arms Movement Like Project. We're at episode 41, which I think is we're coming up on 100 episodes cumulatively through the last two years we've been doing this. Uh, to Motor City Chrysler, Jason and the team right at the corner of Tecumseh and Walker Road. Awesome people supporting good news, good conversation and really honing in on what makes Windsor Essex special local content. So shout out to them. And if you're learning the, the market for a new vehicle, make sure to swing on by and check them out as well. So we're like 20 days away from spooky season here in Windsor Essex. I guess it's in full swing. Uh, a lot of people decorating for Halloween. Our house here in Amherstburg is maxed out to Halloween levels of cuteness, I should say, because you know I've got two little ones. I've got to try to make it very, very kid-friendly. but. Uh, there's some pretty epic displays and different things to do and see here in Windsor Essex for the Halloween season. So tonight I thought I'd bring on a good guy, somebody who I've known honestly for close to over 20 years. Uh, he we go way back to the days at Woody's Outhouse, the Chubby Pickle. Uh, if you remember that staple of the live music scene in downtown Windsor, some really good times in the early 2000s there. Uh, now he's kind of switched focus and he is the, I guess, mastermind behind the best haunted attraction in the city of Windsor and really southwestern Ontario. And he's here to tell us a little bit more about this year and what's been going on. Really great to connect with my good friend, Mr. Sean Leppert, who is joining us live on the stream. Hey, Sean, what's going on, man? Boo. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo to you. Yeah. Boo to you. What's going on, dude? Things are great. Things are uh, things are good. We're uh, uh, going 100 miles an hour with uh, the scare house. And it's uh, my favorite time of year. I also hate it at the same time. And then October 31st comes and then I miss it again. It's like having a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah because there's a lot of planning that goes into this man because i remember like i go back to the days of like the bar scene right early 2000s when i know you were running the show at, at woody's and you know halloween was always a big a draw you know halloween yeah we used to do the the pimp and ho show remember that yeah back in the day <laughs> pimp and ho show back at woody's man hey, but you talk about those the that kind of draw for halloween too and then you know sort of exiting the nightclub scene and then getting into what you're doing now was this an easy transition for you or is this something that you've always wanted to do to kind of create this sort of haunted attraction? Well, it was basically, it was born out of uh, uh, just almost a goof. So we had Bentley's Roadhouse across the street. And back then uh, we had all the Americans that were coming over uh, to, to Bentley's. And then we had like a mixture of the two at Woody's and the Chubby Pickle. Mm -hmm. But then the American government said that they were going to do the passports. And a lot of Americans didn't realize that you don't need a passport to get in your own country and the Canadians didn't care if you had a passport or not. So there was that confusion that was going on at the time mm -hmm. and we thought it would be a problem and then it ended up being one. And so one weekend we had a full house of uh, Americans and then next weekend it was like the light shut off. Um, like someone just took the tap and turned it off and then we had no more uh, bodies inside the bar at Bentley's and we knew the writing was on the wall and over about a month we realized okay we're gonna probably have to hand the keys into the bank and it's not gonna work anymore we'll have to close her up but in the meantime i was like you know we always thought about trying this haunted house thing we're gonna lose the building anyways let's just give it a go and that's how scare house windsor was born 
that's pretty awesome that i mean that first year you had that idea i mean you're i remember that kind of switch right i remember you the early 2000s certainly in in downtown it was hopping it was like vegas yeah. right in the sense where it was like no really it was like shoulder to shoulder people and you know you kind of bar hopped from bar to bar and then you know those new regulations came down and it was like the iron curtain fell across the detroit river so that first year at bentley's how did that work out was that something that you I know anything you do is always like next no, level. no. We lost our shirt that first year. We didn't make Come a on. dime. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Every mistake we could possibly do. I had the the fire marshal came in, shut us down one weekend because we were just flying by the seat of our pants. And then they work with us way better now. But back then, we just didn't know. They didn't even know half of it. There wasn't even any bylaws for uh, haunted houses in the city of Windsor back then. So yeah, it was, it was terrible, but it was enough for us to get like a little taste of like how fun it actually was. And we're like, you know, if we just change this and move that and change this. And then the next year we said, okay, let's try it again. And then we did it and we lost a little bit of money, not so much. Um, And then now it's 14 years later, we're still going. Oh my God, 14. So obviously (laughs) over the years, dude, like you, you have, sort of perfected it i would think i would think the the art of the scare and the art of the i guess ambiance right because you really need to set the scene before they get into the scare house itself and then you've grown also because i know when you were you and i were talking before uh we connected here you were saying that there were some pretty cool offerings that you guys kind of tried during the pandemic and things that you're really rolling out now that are going to be uh i think very popular especially over the next couple of weeks too well, we, I mean, we came in backwards. Uh, most people, when they open up a haunted house, they're just like those, they're called haunt heads. And mm-hmm. they're those people that, you know, they're the weirdos. They're the ones that, you know, they just sit back and they like to draw dead people. And, you know, they don't, uh, they don't announce that they, they like that macabre stuff. And then they have the yards, like you said earlier that, you know, you have your yard done up. And then there's these guys that they just go all out and you just go, wow, that yard looks really crazy for this time of year. Right. And then they end up flipping out and going into uh, some type of professional haunt where they start charging people to come in. And it is progressive just like that. Mm-hmm. We didn't go that route. We were business guys going into it, trying to figure out what works. So um, most people, when they go in the way with the haunted house, they don't have any business sense and they spend all their money and it looks amazing, but then they're broke within the, the first uh, year or two. We went in the other way with, you know, pinching our pennies and growing it slowly and then learning the game as we went along. And man, there it's a billion dollar industry. We learned it from the ground up. Uh, we go to the conventions, we sit in the seminars and uh, we apply a lot of the stuff that we learned through the hospitality industry and put it into the haunted house industry. And that's kind of like how we we made immersive dinners happen. Yeah, tell me about the concept of immersive dinners and you know how this got started over the last well, is it really a couple of years, right? You kind of have put your finger into it yesterday, uh, last year, and then kind of grew it this year. Yeah, uh, we had a buddy of ours. This, you know, I co- during COVID at twenty twenty, he said, "Hey, I want to, uh, I want to have my friends come in, and you know, we can't do much, but what if we had dinner in the haunt? I'll have my chef come in, and you guys just make a room for us." And we're like, well, "That's kind of dumb, you know. We don't really have time for that." But then we. We didn't build anything that year because we didn't even know we were going to open. So we didn't want to put all this time and energy and money into something that we couldn't even open. But then we found out we could open. And then we had 10 days before we were going to open our doors. And the health board gave us the thumbs up, make sure we followed all the policies. And then we're like, okay, we got room and time to build this room for our friend. So we did it. He loved it. It was amazing. And then we said, well, you know, do you mind if we use your chef and, 
we build out some more and we offer it to the public. Sure. Boom. Sold out. We're like, what? The? You know, this is crazy, you know? And then <laughs> at the end of the year, when we're doing our wrap up, we're just kind of going through and, you know, like we really could kind of expand this out and try different rooms. And that, yeah, that year we did the immersive dinner. It was in a cursed manner and it had like chandeliers and it had this like vampire feel to it. Big long curtains on the wall. Like my wife calling decorated it right up. It was so nice. And Denny built all the stuff that happens in the room and things are banging on the walls and, um, lights are coming on and off. It tells like a really good story. And then we said, well, let's try to do this in another part of the haunt. So we took a section and we said, let's build four of these. And that's, we did, we built Cursed Manor, Mad as a Hatter, Cabin in the Woods and Misfortune. And they're all got their own themes and their own stories. And then we went to Nico Taverna and said, Hey, we want you to cater this. And he wow. kind of looked at us and was like, what you want us to do what we're like yeah yeah here here is so so we went in there and we explained it all and i recruited my friend mandy biondo who was like hospitality at caesar's windsor and so i was like you gotta come in and help us do this she's like you want us to do every time we told this story what we wanted to do people thought we're off our rockers but man it's awesome and it's going full steam right now and uh we're selling out so that's awesome. So this is like a sit-down dinner that's obviously very well catered, and 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 the 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 menu is is extensive. But then it's that atmosphere, that experience that you're giving people to kind of wrap them into the story, because there's a bit of storytelling involved in this too. It's a 90-minute production from the beginning to the end, and it's in three parts. So the first part is going to be. Um, uh, the, the the beginning of the story and there's narration it comes through the speakers and they tell you and things happen in the room i don't want to give away too much because it is part of the, the 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 secret of it and then the second part is like comes in because there's a four course meal in between the courses that's when we can kind of like throw things into the story we have live actors come in so those live actors continue on the story and they they improv with the people in inside and then the last part is like the crescendo where things happen, you know, there's an ending to it. And it, it's really cool that way. What happened this year is we got a bad review. Um, I know her name was Joanna. She sent us a thing. She goes, I did it last year. It was awesome. We had a good time. I brought my friends. She doubled her um, table size, brought okay. it in. This is like two weeks ago. And she told us, she's like, listen, the food was phenomenal. She was like, the room was amazing. It was just like, but you just fell flat on like some of the acting and it just didn't happen. And I was like, you know what? She's not lying. She's like 100% on point. So we just started looking around. I asked um, Dan McDonald if he knew anybody because he's in that theater business. And then I asked a sure. bunch of my other friends. We started asking more theater. And then we ended up recruiting um, this guy, Mark, Mark Lefebvre, who's like our stilt guy in town. Like he's, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he does amazing um, uh, acting. And then he recruited uh, his friend, Michelle, and then we brought them in, we made a deal, and then we flipped it out within two weeks. And now we have like pro acting in there. And I sent a message to the girl that sent us the review. And I said, hey, listen, this is what happened after your review happened. And uh, I just want to say thank you. You made us pull up our socks. And now we're like 10 times better because you just didn't hold back. Well, kudos to you, man, for taking that, I guess, constructive criticism at face value. I mean, I think that's one of the things not to butter your bread here, Mr. Lippert, but I really respect it about you over the years is that from a business mindset and an entrepreneurial mindset, it's like you have people who are paying money to come to your attraction event, whatever it is, and they are the people who are essentially keeping your lights on, right? Keeping food on the table. So they're coming to you and saying, hey, 
this was good, this wasn't. I think that is a testament to, I think, your hustle and, and how you operate things and the, the team operates things to say, guys, we got to approach this because we're, we've got some critical feedback here. I mean, that tough pill to swallow, but obviously something to swallow to make you better in the long run. Well, I'll be the first one to call someone out on their crap if they give me, you know, like they're giving me a bad review and they're just being kind of a dink about it. I'll fight. I'll bite back. But I mean, when truth is the truth and it comes out and you, and you know it too, like when you sit back and you can try to deny it and, you know, put up false pretenses inside your head, go oh, and you give yourself excuses. But when someone calls you out on it and you go, yeah, you're right you only got to answer yourself. And so when I'm laying my head on my pillow and it's just my own thoughts, like you can't hide from that. So yeah. I just learned to roll with it. And when people give you good advice, you take it. So you've, you've made the tweaks. The reviews have been outstanding. Um, it's amped it up to, I mean, Mark, Mark's just the, like, you talk about a creative mind. The dude is just like Mr. Creativity and, and loves to act too. So that was a good call on getting Mark Lefebvre in there. But I, the scares that happen, you know, one of the things I remember, go back to our 89X days when we used to um, uh, do <laughs> haunted house before, before haunted houses were like a good thing here in Windsor. I remember the days of Dave and Chuck the Freak, we would get hired to go over stateside uh, and we would do uh, haunted houses like in, in, in Pontiac and, and, you know, these haunted hay rides that we would advertise. And, you know, I would be shocked because going into those things are like massive productions with, you know, costumes and things like that but you guys are bringing have brought that to windsor where do you see this going for you guys i mean 14 years you've got it down packed you're listening to the reviews how do you continue to make it scary every year do you bring things back do you do you kind of put a fresh coat of paint on it or blood in some cases i guess i, I i'm a serial entrepreneur and it doesn't really matter if it's condos or bars or student rentals or i run a volleyball league it's it's about the learning and i i'm addicted to the process i'm addicted to finding out how to be successful and and really honing in and, and basically learning to love that feeling of anxiety like that feeling of uh that that gut feeling inside you like uh you just live with it and um, I'm really comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And that's what we want to do is you always want to kind of like fill that void of like, okay, this feels good now. And then you go and you find something else. And that's only done through education and learning and really the confidence in yourself to get those things accomplished. Because like anybody can do this kind of stuff. It's whether you can live with it uh, without like just hunkering down and sucking on your thumb and crying in a corner somewhere you know because that's sometimes what it feels like doing every time you open up i mean there's a feeling that you do a haunted house and i don't think people can handle the fact that every time you spend all that money and time and energy we spent six months doing something there's a part where you go up to the door and you turn it and you open it up and you go okay let's see what happens <laughs> that's a terrible feeling man <laughs> Well, there's, there's a part of it too, right, Sean, that's like showmanship. It's like, you know, my wife and I are huge Disney fans. And I remember like Walt Disney saying, you know, when they first opened up Disneyland and what, in the mid 50s, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean didn't work on the first the first kick. And it's like, you kind of have that anxiety opening things up, but then that's part of the show, right? Because you can sit back. I know you've got cameras in the joint too, and you can kind of see the reactions and the scares and where the jump scares are and what's working, what's not. You can tweak things as you go. Oh, yeah, you you... 
we spend a lot of time on education and learning and there's a whole science behind it. There's a science. I remember one time we went down, there's a big convention in uh, St. Louis. It's called trans world. And Dario and I went down there and it was a, uh, we had to fill an hour and it was like the art of the line, you know, like how to make a good lineup. And Disney, by the way, is the, the masters of it. They figured it all out and they're the leaders behind it. So we're like, yeah, we own nightclubs. We know how to handle lineups and how to do it. We went in there and we were schooled. These presenters that were up there were explaining in detail how to process people and, and get them in and out of your haunt in the most efficient time in the manner. And I, I walked out of there and I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe <laughs> I'm like I'm like an infant in, in lining up people. And it was such a process to learn, but we took that and we applied it to everything that we knew at the haunted house. And uh, like those little things where you find like these little wins and now we're, we're pretty efficient. We get to the point now with time ticketing, bringing people in uh, within like say the half hour, like sometimes, you know, we can have a lot of people go through there and be boring for us compared to the chaos that we put around us back in the day. Well, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see the people, um, come back and you must have those return customers, right? Those return people year in and year out who kind of make this a destination or even come multiple times during the Halloween season with, with different groups of people or even just to come through again. We're pulling people from, um, we're more of a regional thing now, not even just locally. Like a lot of our ticket sales are coming from Hamilton, uh, St. Thomas, like the Golden Horseshoe. They're coming down this way. We had people come in from Grand Bend um, last weekend. Um uh, that's fun. I had a call one time. She called me up and she said, Hey, we're running late. We're supposed to be there at seven 30. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to lose my spot. And I was like, Oh no, 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 don't worry about it. And she just goes, Oh man, the go train was crazy. And I was like, the go train. I'm like, where are you coming from? And she's like Hamilton. And I just went, Oh my gosh. I was like, take your time. We'll, we we'll got a spot for you. No, like we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. And you get those little wins like that, where you're like, Oh my you know, like this isn't about like going to my neighbor now going, hey, Dave, you can bring your kids in. No, there's people coming and they're staying overnight and they're 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 staying in hotels. They're eating. You actually are you're pumping money into the economy. And, and like you now we got a responsibility to our community. Never mind just opening up. Yeah, especially during I was going to say post pandemic or whatever you want to call it um, now here in 2022 to kind of have that thumb on the pulse of tourism and where we need to be and how we need to adapt. I think when you listen, one of the things I, I always thought was brilliant when you guys opened up like 14 years ago was again, you know, they were doing this in the States and, and obviously not at the level you guys are at, but they were doing it something similar in the States and doing it very well each Halloween season. And they're doing it, you know, in Pontiac and these different areas, but here in, in Windsor, you guys are the, you know, the quality that you have are is a certain level here in town, but now you're bringing people, from outside of Windsor to bring their tourism dollars or weekend dollars, make a weekend out of it, an overnight trip out of it. Do you see more investment? I know like there's a lot of promotion and certainly through avenues like myself who are happy to promote what you guys are doing, but should there be a little bit more to kind of, kind of put this on the forefront to say, yeah, fall season, Windsor's known for this. This is a, this is a destination uh i guess attraction for people to check out right across ontario or even across canada there's there's a learning process that we're failing miserably yet and that's being we don't we should boast more we should be like a little bit more assertive in that range like i remember i brought in some people you know like without 
keeping names nameless, but we like they're well-to-do people in the, in the city, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're people and they, they come through and they look at it and they're just like, how do I not know that this was here? You know, where, you know, so then it's just like one person at a time, you got to bring them in and they, they see the, the level that we're at because there's a preconceived notion, at least locally for haunted houses. It's like, you know, like you're in your church basement and you're sticking your hand in spaghetti and going, these are brains, you know, like they don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got like a $10,000 animatronic and there's a guy that's paid full time to make sure that there's air running to that thing. And then he's looking at PSI counts and making sure that we could uh, supply enough air to, that comes through there. And then next thing you know, uh, you got to hire the the actors and they got to pump that thing up and then you got to have music and sound. I mean, on a, on a busy night inside the haunt, we'll have a hundred employees like from administration to security, to the actors, to me sitting at the control, the people in the ticket booth, the parking attendant. I mean, there's a direct correlation to economy that the scare house actually contributes to. And uh, we're just not good at letting people know like the level that we're at. But mind you, we're always we're always reminded, even though we're the big fish in the little pond locally, every now and then we just realize where we are on the bigger scale of some of these haunted houses. And we just we're, I just grab my I just go, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed that we can't that we're that compared to something else. But I'm just so happy that I can compare myself to some of these big other haunts that are happening inside the, like, like you keep mentioning Pontiac, which is Erebus. Mm-hmm. Erebus is a haunt that's been around for 20 years and they're a top 10 haunt in the world. And we're 40 minutes from them. And that's where we need to be. We're not there yet, but we're getting close. And every year it just gets a little bit better and better. And that's how, uh, how we've been going for 14 years. And like, thank God we have fan bases here locally just to keep us afloat. And you're involved into uh, a lot of groups. I know that, you know, we've reached out from the Humane Society perspective, too. And I know that you do a lot for for nonprofits and local organizations to bring them in and kind of spread the word about what's happening at your place, too. Uh, that's important, I think, f- for you, right, to, to kind of get that message out. I'm going to do something with you guys, with you one second. So this is someone calling the hunt right now. We're going to answer the phone. All right. Okay. Do this you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Good evening, Scarehouse. How may I help you? Yeah, hello. Um, I'm trying to uh, purchase reservations, uh, tickets online, and my card's not working. Okay, that means you have a postal code interruption. So there is a number on there. I need you to call that number, and that number will be helpful to you so that you can get your credit card information for tickets. Yes, it's a postal code problem with your card. So call the 1-800 number on this on this information page I give you, and then you can fix that. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they call you. It goes direct to you, eh? Oh, yeah, I answer the calls. Like, take care of everything. It's like, I mean... 24 7 really just constant you, yeah i mean hate to uh, interrupt our podcast but like that's a 35 dollar ticket there <laughs> like how Dude, bills to pay uh, that's all good man that's just like the testament to your service but so this goes uh you, you go right what, right up until halloween for this 
Yeah, no, I want to touch back what you're talking about, like with like um, the Humane Society and and, mm-hmm. and and yeah. Well, I mean, you have to have that part of that um, in, in your community. You know, like we're uh, multiple ways of of, of of fundraising within the, the the city, and one of our fundraising options is like you can actually call us up, and if you can put together a group, um, we'll sell or sell a ticket to you at a discounted price. And then you can sell the ticket at face value. And then you can raise money um, that way for your group. Like, I mean, we're doing stuff with St. Clair uh, college and in the university of Windsor locally. Um, uh, some people just want to bring in a, the organization and they take it for the, the, the price at 25 bucks. And then they pay for all their employees to come in and, and do it. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we got to pay all our bills, but at the same time, you got to make sure that you're working with all your partners, just like you, you know, like, you know, making the, the right friends in the right places. Yeah, I think that's so inc- uh, important to do and then reach out to the community as well. And then, you know, they kind of spread your word and then you kind of get a hopefully, you know, different people in and then the word of mouth happens and then they all come out too. So 31st yeah. is the big day uh, for Halloween. It's on a Monday this year too. And then when do you guys start planning for the next year? Do you start planning like kind of now, like towards the tail end or you just get a week off to kind of get your mind out of it and then right back into it? Really and truly it starts kind of now. Like we're, we're, we're already in the middle of it and we're already thinking of like where we can be better for next year. Cause that's the best time to really do it. Cause you, you kind of punch holes into like what you're doing at this present moment. We put it on notes and we track it and then uh, we'll have a, a wrap up um, with all our managers and we'll talk about it in November. Uh, we do spend some time away from it. We'll like a whole bunch of us get together and we travel and we like go to different places. This year we're going to Florida down to Orlando uh, for a week and just kind of let it loose for a little bit. But I mean, it starts right away. I mean, we write our check to our landlord for the for rent like November 1st and we say, all right, here we go that goes off and then uh it gets cold so we don't get into the building um until about april but over the winter uh we'll go to all the the conventions and we'll do the seminars and learn um expand out and then uh we start building right around april uh, into may and then it goes right up and then we open up again in september it, it's it says love hate relationship like i said at the beginning when we were talking like you, sure. you hate it but you love it and then you miss it and you hate it you love it you miss it and you hate it and you're like oh my god <laughs> but it's it's so much fun I, I i invite people to come and scare every opportunity i get i mean i'll invite you too i mean it's there's something about it that's uh it's it's carnal it's like it's something when we're like i mean you you got you got brothers and sisters right mm-hmm. Do you remember just hiding behind the bathroom door and they yes. come walking in to go pee and then you just, ah, yeah. Ah. yeah, you know, and you, yeah, you, you scare the crap it. out of them. Yeah. yeah. And that, in in your, that other person hates you for one second, then they laugh and they giggle because they get this dopamine rush. And then it's just part of like who we are as people, like as human beings. Now you just ramp that up by a hundred and put in a whole bunch of uh, other things and, and psychologically attack that person at the highest level, almost a PhD level. And uh, yeah, you're kind of, you're doing the same thing, just way better. Well, I wish you nothing but the best this year, man. I think it's going to be, it continues to be an, uh, a massive attraction for the area. People want to still pick up tickets for the next uh, couple of weeks. They can still do so, right? Oh yeah. We, we we're, we're not even, I think we're like 30% into our season. I mean, this is when it actually starts to get really crazy. Um, what is it? Uh, it's the 11th. So we're open up on 
Thursday, which would be the 13th, 14th, 15th. And then we pretty much run every day right up into the 31st. But I mean, you can see uh, our, all our dates and times at uh, scarehousewindsor.com. And uh, that'll tell you everything that you need to know right there. God bless you, man. Always good to connect. Thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate the time, brother. Oh, it's good talking to you, Arms. Always a pleasure. Sean Lippert, what an awesome guy, uh, an amazing entrepreneur and uh, certainly business-minded when it comes to good scares. And if you haven't had a chance to see some of the videos from uh, Scarehouse from years previous, got to YouTube it too. It's pretty cool to see the amount of effort and work and passion that these guys put into the Scarehouse each and every year. And it is really a tourist attraction here locally. So uh, like Sean said, uh, still got a couple of weeks to get your pants scared right off of you. So if you want to check it out for yourself, go to the website or you can check out my page too. Uh, I am a proud sponsor of this year's Scarehouse uh, and ever the work that uh, Sean and Dario does to bring tourism dollars to the town. So uh, very, very cool stuff. Different for me. I'll be honest. Uh, Sean has asked me to go this year. I don't know if I do scary anymore. I used to do scary a long time ago, but I think as I aged with kids, um, just like my wife was saying to me, and and I I'll say it here on the show, uh, my my wife Carrie was extremely shocked, and uh, I would say devastated to learn. And I'm going to get it now. I have never been to Cedar Point. I've lived in this area my whole life, 41 years. I have never been to Cedar Point. I am aware of Cedar Point. I know of Cedar Point. I've never been to Cedar Point. And she was shocked when I told her that. She used to go, I think, every other summer when she was a kid. Because we were talking about roller coasters. And, you know, I can do the roller coasters if you want to call them that at Disney. When we went to Disney, the one I almost, like, passed out on was the, um, the uh, Himalayan one uh, at uh, Animal Kingdom. Because that is legitimately a roller coaster. But I don't do roller coasters. I'm not a roller coaster guy. Um, not for me. But yeah, I've never been to Cedar Point. They have like hollow weekends at Cedar Point too. I remember seeing the commercials on TV. But maybe one day the kids will want to go. Olivia and Liam. And then I'll have to go. But I will be that dad sitting on the bench with Pepto-Bismol saying, no, thank you. I'm good. Enjoy yourself. Anyways, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Coming up next week, we're going to dive back into the community, talk about what's ahead for a local organization that we do a lot of work with uh, at the Windsor um, angle and level. Um, and they've been on the show before, so they're going to rejoin the program to tell us what's ahead for 2023. And then I got a really fantastic guest or guests, plural, coming up on Tuesday, October 25th. Uh, really looking forward to that. It's our Halloween episode. And we'll kind of dive into that coming up in about two weeks' time. In the meantime, have a great rest of the evening into this week. Uh, make sure to follow along on Facebook. Look for old podcasts and uh, listen to some guests that we've had on previously on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And take care of each other. We will see you back here next week, Tuesday nights at 8, live on the Arms Movement Leg Project. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs>